I think it would be hard for us to imagine the Christmas season without some experience of a family, in whatever manner that might occur and with whomever might constitute our family. It might be an extended one, it might be a blended one, it might be a very small one, it might be a couple. And this year we created the Zoom family. During this Christmas season, the lectionary introduces us to the family of Jesus. We have heard of those who were part of his family tree. Sarah, Abraham, Jesse, and David. A whole bunch of prophets, Elizabeth, Zechariah, his cousin John, and his parents, Mary and Joseph. And today, we meet this elderly couple, Simeon and Anna. Devout, simple people who are part of the worshiping community that Luke tells us about. They have profound words for the young Messiah. We have heard it said that it takes a village to raise a child. And this is becoming true for the child of Mary and Joseph. There is a, a singular beauty, but a serious implication depicted by the entry of the child Jesus in the arms of his parents into the temple. It is an act that symbolizes his membership in the people of God. And Luke tells us that they did this because it was expected by the law of Moses, a centuries-old expectation. It makes me think of some of the traditions that I have encountered at the celebration of baptisms. One example being when new parents present their child all wrapped in a baptismal gown that belonged to the child's grandmother or great-grandmother or great-grandfather, giving witness to the fact that they now recognize how a family has a, a great tradition. It is not just a keepsake. It is a symbol of that wonderful living tradition that they are now so much a part of. This elderly couple, Anna and Simeon, step forward. And in that act, they represent the history of the child Messiah and hand over to him the future of an entire people. And Anna becomes the first evangelist. As Luke tells us, she spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. What a remarkable acknowledgement of Anna. She spoke to all about the redemption of Jerusalem. And even though in our time we call this day the Feast of the Holy Family, we should be careful 
not to idolize this biblical family so that they might appear to be out of touch with the real relationships that characterize the families that we know and that we belong to. Although I've often wondered why Luke or Matthew never recounted the early years of Jesus' life. Did he have temper tantrums when he was two or three? Did he go to Sabbath school with the other kids? Did he play well with the other children? We don't know. We do know that the holy part of any family can be a little elusive, even in our own families, and even at Christmas. And we know, too, that many families struggle with the expectations of the Christmas season as they become more conscious, perhaps, of illness or death or financial hardship. Our hearts went out to them this year, and in many communities they were unheralded Samaritans who stepped up to bring some measure of comfort to them with an outpouring of food and gift and kindnesses. And this tells us, I think, something really important. Something that Pope Francis, in his recent exhortation on fraternity and social friendship, says when he writes these words, we have a splendid secret that shows us how to dream and to turn our life into a wonderful adventure. No one can face life in isolation. We need a community that supports and helps us, in which we can help one another to keep looking ahead. By ourselves, we risk seeing mirages, things that are not there. Dreams, on the other hand, are built together. Let us dream then, he writes, as a single human family, as children of the same earth, which is our common home, each of us with his or her own voice, brothers and sisters all. So this is our feast. When we see the gospel as the context of our mission for a human and faith family, realizing that we belong to an ever expanding community of loving relationships and a global community that is in need of loving relationships. This feast then becomes real and it becomes ours. When Paul writes to the Colossians, Paul gives this larger context to our sense of family Harmony and grace, he indicates, are the responsibility of everyone in the household of faith. And he reminds those that are the followers of Christ that they have a greater responsibility to ensure harmony and reverence in the larger community. And he adds that everything done among the followers of Christ ought to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. This does not mean 
that we will always be perfect, but that the commitment to love and the bonds of love will outweigh the imperfections that can tear a community apart when we allow the fractures to overwhelm our capacity to care. So this feast, my friends, celebrates families. And on a larger scale, it invites us to cherish and develop our capacity to participate in the community of love, to take that dream, as Pope Francis says. For we are created for God, in God's image, an image that is realized in a constantly expanding and all-encompassing community of hospitality and compassion. Like Jesus, we have the ability to form and nourish communities that make us more human and more Christ-like. The family we celebrate today is the whole human, holy family of humankind. In other words, the whole village. Bound together across ages and without borders by the God who loves us into life, now and forever. Amen.